Well, glory. <laughs> Thank you, Brother Wes. Thank you, Brother Aaron. And the tremendous praise team. And from my heart to yours, thank you so much for being present tonight in this evangelism service. Let me take just a moment to recognize all the men who have traveled many miles to be here tonight. They came a day early. They are my heroes. And I consider being a pastor's pastor. And I love all these guys. Would you stand if you're here tonight because you wanted to come and be a part of this service from Love Worth Sharing Ministry Connections? Praise the Lord. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you so much. And to Woodland Hills Baptist Church, what an honor it is to be back in this beautiful sanctuary to preach the word one more time. I just stopped off on my way to heaven, thanking the Lord one more time to be right here. But until then, we're going to serve him, and we're going to enjoy what he has for us tonight. Brother Hunt, thank you so much, my brother. A few years ago, God brought Brother Hunt into my life, in connection with some other pastors that are here this evening, and my life... It's never been the same, brother. You have made such an impact on me and our men from Love Worth Sharing Conference. I emphasize men, ladies. It's really not a Bible conference. It's a pastor appreciation conference. My wife, Rita, whom you met, birthed the ideal in my heart 20 years ago when we began full-time evangelism to do something to show our appreciation to the pastors that would have me in their churches. We have Brother John McGuire present tonight. He, along with two other men, helped me initiate Love Worth Sharing Pastor Appreciation Conference and uh, what truly an impact it has been in my life and in my wife's life over the years. And so we have men to come, and it's a little unconventional, a little unorthodox compared to many conferences that you've been to. Redneck is a more appropriate word, but I tried to be politically correct. But anyhow, all the pastors that have me this particular given year, they do the preaching. And uh, let me tell you about their preaching. They certainly are not like the preacher along with bus driver that died at the same time, and they both entered into the gates of heaven simultaneously. And the Lord received them and carried the men around glory, pointed out a very small cabin on the side of a hill. Nothing to that cabin. The pastor had something better in this life. And the Lord said, Pastor, this will be your home for eternity. And the Lord continued to carry the pastor and the bus driver around and came upon this beautiful mansion. And I mean, it was in such a place that anyone would envy. And the Lord said to the bus driver, This is your home for eternity. Well, the preacher couldn't have it. And said, Lord, I don't understand. 
I've given 50 plus years to your kingdom work. All I've done to build the kingdom. And I get the little old shack. And he gets a mansion. Can you at least explain to me why? And the Lord said, well, over 50 years in your preaching, you caused my people to sleep. And over 50 years of his bus driving, he calls my people to pray. <laughs> so you fellows from Woodland Hills and various places, if you come out tomorrow, you will not be put to sleep, I guarantee you, amen, by these preachers. Well, what a joy it is. And I know you come to enjoy the great singing. Brother Aaron is uh, the best I've ever heard in worship leading I go to a myriad of places and I like to uh, give him uh, praise through the Lord because musicians are like preachers. They're a dime a dozen. They're on every street corner. But many that I've met, both musicians and preachers, they magnify the musician and not the master. But Brother Aaron, I appreciate his song and his sound but more than this, I appreciate his spirit by which they're rendered. And we thank you, Brother Aaron Perkins. Love you, brother. Amen. Of course, the praise team and Brother West backs you up quite well. Are y'all ready to get in the Word tonight? Thank you, brother, for keeping me out of trouble. Because I guarantee you, if you hadn't have said anything, some of them would have got out and walked out saying, I done heard that sermon once or twice or three times. And so I appreciate you taking me tonight off the hook and allowing me to share with you the Word of God. So let's get into the Word. Uh, again, we welcome those by means of live stream to our services tonight. I'm going to invite you to turn with me in God's Word to the book of Joshua. The book of Joshua will begin in chapter number 2. Joshua chapter number 2, if you have a copy of the Word of God, follow along with us. If you don't, it's on the screen. For your convenience, Joshua chapter number 2, and uh, let's begin reading, if you will, verse number 12. Joshua chapter 2 and verse number 12. Now therefore, I pray you, swear unto me by the Lord, since I have showed you kindness, that you will also show kindness unto my father's house, and give me a true token and that you will save alive my father and my mother and my brethren and my sisters and all that they have and deliver our lives from death. I want you to see the response of the spies in verse number 18. Behold, when we come into the land, Thou shalt bind this line of scarlet thread in the window which thou didst let us down by. And thou shalt bring thy father and thy mother and thy brethren and all thy father's household home unto thee. And will you join me in chapter 6? Chapter number 6, verse 25. Chapter 6, verse 25. And Joshua saved Rahab the harlot alive. One more time. And Joshua saved Rahab the harlot alive. 
many, many years ago, my first semester of seminary, one of the classes we were required to take was evangelism. And I had an evangelism director that required us to memorize five evangelistic scriptures per week. Two of the five, the first week that we were required to memorize, I want to share with you right now. You'll see them on the screen. Proverbs chapter 11 and verse number 30. Notice it with me. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. Now notice this. And he that winneth souls is wise. He that winneth souls is wise. Who is a wise man or a wise lady? The person who wins souls. And then in Daniel chapter number 12, verse number 3. And they that be wise, who are the wise? Those who win souls. And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament. And they that turn many to righteousness, they're going to shine as the stars forever and ever. So I want you to consider tonight a soul winner. He that winneth souls is wise. And one that turns many to righteousness shall shine as the firmament and shall shine as the stars forever and ever. We're talking about Rahab tonight in our initial text. And so can I share a message that I've entitled, A Shady Lady Who Became a Shining Light. A shady lady who became a shining light. The Bible says in Joshua chapter 6 that Joshua saved Rahab the harlot. The name Joshua is the name Jesus in the New Testament. And you would not do injustice to the scriptures if you were to say right here that Jesus saved Rahab the harlot alive. And if you believe in John 3.16, you could certainly insert your name right here that Jesus saved Jim Moss alive. That Jesus saved Brother Lamb alive. That Jesus saved Mike alive. That Jesus saved Donna alive. Aren't you glad tonight that Jesus saves sinners? Amen. Somebody asked me not long ago, one of, one of my Calvinist friends, they challenged me and said, the Bible does not give a definition of grace. I said, oh, uh, why would you say such a thing? Because my Bible tells me in Hebrews chapter 2, verse number 9, he by the grace of God should taste death for every man. The amazing grace of God. I'm glad Jesus saved sinners, and I'm glad Joshua saved Rahab the harlot. Back during shelter in place, we had much time to meditate and study the Word of God. And I decided that I would go back and refresh myself on the genealogy of Jesus. And I was doing pretty good until I came across Ruth. Ruth. 
And I came across Bathsheba. And I came across Rahab, the harlot. And I sitting there in my living room thinking about those, and I said to myself, how in the world, how in the world can somebody like them wind up in a family tree like yours, Lord? And it was like the Holy Spirit pricked me and said, all right, big boy, how can somebody like you wind up in a family like mine? Now listen to me tonight. I learned this lesson that by the amazing grace of God, God can take a crooked stick and draw a straight line. Amen. What you have tonight is an Old Testament story that gives us a New Testament verse of Scripture. For by grace are you saved through faith. You might ask, Brother Jim, what does faith have to do with Rahab in the Old Testament? Glad you asked. Because in Hebrews chapter 11, God's hall of fame, of faith, the scripture says, by faith, Rahab perisheth not. It was by faith. And can we establish that this evening, if you'll stay with me for a little while, only by the grace of God, you and I are a part of the family of God. Amen. I'm glad God is in the saving business. And what a wonderful example and a beautiful picture of God's amazing grace. So we've got the introduction behind us, Brother Hunt. I think if you'll oblige me a few moments, I'll get to preaching. Amen? I want us to consider this lady who was a shady lady that became a shining light for our Lord. Number one, I want you to notice with me what I call her sinful condition. Her sinful condition. You say, well, Brother Jim, what was her sinful condition? The same as mine and the same as yours. She was a sinner by birth, one sinner by nature, a sinner by choice, a sinner by practice, just like you and I. She was born a sinner, she lived like a sinner, and would have died like a sinner if it had not been for the grace of God. Her sinful condition. They did not call Rahab, and I understand I'm with a mixed audience tonight, and I don't want to come across vulgar, but they did not call Rahab the harlot just to have something to say. That is how she lived. A young lady that made wrong choices in life, that took the wrong turn. That's proof that sin will carry you further than you want to go. It will keep you longer than you want to stay, and it certainly will cost you more than you want to pay. Her reputation had been soiled by sin so that you say her name even tonight, Rahab, you think of a harlot. And when you think of a harlot, you think of Rahab. She is born a sinner. She was a practicing sinner, someone that her sins had gotten a hold of her. She has allowed sin to have dominion of her life. But not only was she born a sinner, and a practicing sinner, but according to our text tonight, she was a condemned sinner. She lives in Jericho, and Jericho is under the curse and the condemnation of God. 
God's judgment is coming to this wicked city, and it doesn't matter how high her walls are, how thick they are, how massive they are, their walls may keep another nation's military from coming in, but no walls are too high and too massive and too thick to keep a sovereign, righteous God from taking over. And so judgment is coming on the city of Jericho. She's coming to Jericho. And so she's a born sinner, a practicing sinner, a condemned sinner, and all that Rahab looks forward to is the judgment, the wrath, and the condemnation of God. For one day, her city's going to fall, and it's going to stack in the rubbish, and it's going to turn to dust, and the fires of God are going to fall. And not only the city, but her residents are going to be consumed in the wrath of God. You say, Brother Jim, what does that have to do with us? Every one of us here tonight, we are a sinner, a practicing sinner. We do what we are, and we are a condemned sinner. Everyone here, apart from the grace of God, is a condemned sinner, lost and undone without God and his Son. We're headed to fire and brimstone. Somebody ought to get excited tonight that God, through his amazing grace, procured salvation for you and I from the fire. I'm glad I don't have to face the fire. But Rahab the harlot, she knew she would face the judgment and the wrath of God. If you're here tonight or if you're watching by live stream and you know not the amazing grace of God apart from the Lord Jesus Christ and the blood that he applied on Calvary's cross, all you have to look forward to is the wrath and the hell and the fire of Almighty God. I want you to see her sinful condition. The story's pretty bad. A young lady deceived by the devil, abused and put in bondage by sin, and she's reaping the consequences of her bad choices. Born a sinner, practicing sinner, and condemned sinner, and she's about to burn in the fire and burn in hell. But as Paul Harvey would once say, page two. Aren't you glad the story doesn't end with Rahab being a born, practicing, condemned sinner? Page two. You see, she's headed for the fire. She's headed for judgment. Her house sits on the wall. Her family lives in the general vicinity. She has no hope. But all of a sudden, somebody knocked on her door. It's right there in the scripture. Don't tell me door knocking doesn't work. Somebody knocked on her door. And they said, we are the Jews. We are the Semites. And immediately she said, I heard about you. But more than hearing about you, I've heard about your God. And I heard about what he did to the Egyptians in the Red Sea. 
And I heard about how that he delivered you on the sunny banks of the redeemed. I heard about how he brought you up out of Egyptian bondage, how he redeemed you by the blood on the doorpost. I heard about how he annihilated the sins of your past, how he buried them in the sea. And I heard. That leads me to point number two. I want you to see her self-expressed conviction, her sinful condition. But now we know in the scripture her self-expressed conviction. You say, what do you mean by that, Brother Jim? For she said to the spies, for when we heard about your God and what he did, our hearts melted with fear. And the terror and the dread has fallen upon all of us. And we are fainting knowing that we are about to die and face the wrath of God. We're scared to death. We can't sleep at night. We've lost our appetite. We're wringing our hands. We're counting the days. We're listening for the shuffling of soldiers' feet. We know that judgment is imminent upon our city. You say, what is that? That is what I call old-time, Bible-believing, Holy Ghost, genuine conviction. She was under conviction, and she self-expressed her conviction. <laughs> she was scared to death, and she was uncomfortable at the thought of dying and experiencing the fire and the wrath of Almighty God. Anybody remember the day when you had such conviction? Anybody remember the place where the Spirit of God began to move upon your heart and literally you were scared to death and you didn't want to die and go to a devil's hell and some preacher knocked on your door or some Sunday school teacher or some soul winner or maybe a mama's prayer or a daddy's faithfulness. Somebody let you know there's a God in heaven and a heaven to gain and a hell to shun and the Spirit of God began to prick our hearts and we did not want to go to hell but praise God we realized that God made a way through his blessed son Jesus Christ and that by the blood that he shed and the grace of God, we could escape the wrath of God. She said, I don't want to burn. And then to know that she meant business, that leads me to the third thought. I want you to notice her signature conversion. She said, I don't want to die. I don't want to experience hell. And nobody here or watching this evening would surely say that you would want to die and go to hell. No one would do that. No one desires eternal condemnation and the wrath of God. And so she said, and to know that she meant business, she said to the spies, I want you to save my mama. I want you to save my daddy. I want you also to save my brother and save my sister. And to really know that she meant business, she said, but I need a token. I need something that will help me when I doubt. Somebody said, well, if you doubt, you can't know God. 
I don't doubt you. I doubt the preacher that said that. She said, I need proof. I've got to have a true token. I need something when times are hard. I need something when the night is long, when the devil comes snooping, when the storm is raging, when I'm worried about a pandemic, when everything's gone south in my life, when the mountain's too high and the river's too wide and the desert's too hot. I need a token. I need something. Praise God, we have a token. I looked up that little word, and man, it caused me to shout to myself, brother. I looked that little word up, token, and I had a hallelujah whole time because that word token means proof of purchase and right of passage. Proof of purchase and right of passage. She said, I want a token. I want some proof of purchase and a right of getting out of here. And I thought to myself, Praise the Lord. When I got saved, God gave me a token. I've got proof of purchase. The blood of Jesus was applied. The Holy Ghost indwells me. The precious promises of God in his word. That's my proof of purchase and my rite of passage. Proof of purchase and rite of passage. I got to thinking, my, my. She said, I need assurance. I need to know that this is for real. Woo. Can I get to preaching right now? Man, make sure I got my mask with me if I get down there among you. Amen. Can y'all follow me up there? I just feel led to do this right now. Oh, do you see her signature conversion? She said, I need proof of purchase and a rite of passage. I need a token. And here's what they said. They said, you remember how you saved us? Means a way of escape with that red cord, that scarlet thread. Woo! They said, I want you to take that scarlet thread, Miss Rahab. And I want you to put it in the window. And before the wrath of God falls, before hell comes, before judgment and the fire of God on this place happens, we're going to be looking for that scarlet thread. And whosoever you have behind the thread shall be saved. Ooh, my, my. You know what? That led me to do a little studying and refreshing, brother, because it had been decades since I'd studied this. But I was reminded. You say, Brother Jim, why a scarlet thread? Why a scarlet line? Why not black or purple or gray? Why did it have to be red? Glad you asked. Because as I refreshed myself, I discovered that this scarlet came from a living creature who lived and died on a tree and excreted its dye to make this red. I don't think you heard me tonight. I said a living creature who lived and died on 
a tree and excreted a substance that made this dye. And they said, if you get behind this red cord that was made by somebody who died on a tree and shed his blood, you will be saved. Hallelujah. It's not by baptism. It's not by church membership. It's not by clean living. It's behind the blood. Thank God for the blood. We heard about the blood tonight. Woo! Mama, y'all behave. You've scared all these folks out of here. No, you keep on. Praise God. I may have a heart attack. I may be next door to you. We're going to be praying to you Tuesday morning. Amen. So when she discovered that who she could get behind the bloodline, the scarlet thread, would be saved. And do you see her? She goes on a mission. A mission. A mission to get all of her family and anyone else behind that scarlet line knowing the judgment and the wrath of God was on its way. And here she goes. I can see her now. I'm going to get close to some of you, so I'm going to respect you, and uh, I'm going to put this on whether it helps or not. I told somebody the other day, I'm wearing it, Maybe I got 50-50 chance it'll keep me from getting COVID or spreading it, but I got a 100% chance it's not going to hurt me to wear it. Amen? So I want to respect you. I want to respect you. She's on a mission, and she's got that red cord, and she's not going to lose it. She's not going to let it go. And she goes out, and here she goes. She goes after Daddy, and she gets Daddy. Daddy, I want you to hear me now, Daddy. I know I've disrespected the family. I know I haven't been what I should have been. I know I made the wrong decisions in life. But Daddy, I'm different now. Hey, I got a word from God now. Hallelujah. And I know judgment's coming upon this city and upon our house. But Daddy, they said if I could get anybody of my family behind the bloodline, you would be spared and we would be saved. Daddy, will you come on? Will you come on, Daddy? Will you come and get behind the bloodline with me? Hallelujah. We got Daddy behind the bloodline. Daddy, you pray because we don't want Mama to be lost. We don't want Mama to die in this flame, in this fire, in this judgment and wrath. So you hold on to that, Daddy, and I'm going to go after Mama. Can I go after Mama? I'm going to go after Mama. Where's Mama? Mama? Bless God, Mama. Mama? Mama, yeah, your Mama. Your Mama, amen. Bless God, Mama. I, Mama, I know you've been disappointed in me, but you've been a good Mama. You've been there for me, even though when I was sinned and made a bad choice in life and even how I've been living. God, I, I, Mama, I've I, I got a word from God, though. Mama, judgment's coming upon our city, upon the wall that we very live on. They're going to fall, but they made a promise to me. If I get behind the blood because a living creature who died on a tree shed its blood, that we might be saved from the fire and the wrath of God. Mama, would you come? Would you get behind the bloodline? Amen. Praise God. We got Mama behind the blood. Amen, Mama. Now, Mama, Daddy, I know y'all don't want my brother to stay back and, and burn in the fire. I know you don't want sis. Would you start praying? Because I want to go after brother. I want to go after brother. Hey, brother. Hey, brother. Hey, brother. Where's brother Lance at, my brother? 
Come on, brother, would you come up? Come on, brother. Come on, brother, you got to let him out. Y'all got to come on. The raft of God is nearly here, brother. You got to step on it. Brother, I know we've scrapped. I know we fought. But I love you, brother. And, brother, I got a word from God. And, and this place is going to burn. This place is going to go to hell. God's judgment is coming, but we can be saved. I got daddy behind. I got mama there behind the blood. I'm behind the blood. Brother, would you give your life to Jesus? And would you get behind the blood? Amen. Blood, get behind the blood. Woo! Amen. 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 Now I got to get sis. Where's sis? Who will help me? Would you help me? Sissy. Sissy. I know, I know we've had our differences. And I know I said that you've been nosy most of your life. <laughs> Amen. But sis, I've disrespected you. And I know you've been ashamed of me. I've made the wrong decisions. But I'm here to tell you that I met a God that could take a crooked life like mine and make me straight. And I've given my life to Jesus. And I'm not the same anymore. I'm a new born again Christian. And I believe in the blood. And they told me if we get behind the blood, sis, we'll all be saved. And I want you to be saved. Mama's there praying for you. Daddy's praying for you. We even got Bobby in. Would you get in behind the bloodline for us? Amen. Woo. Amen. Daddy's behind the blood. Mama's behind the blood. Somebody say amen. Brother's behind the blood. Sis behind the blood. We behind the blood. Now before y'all get filled up with pride, understand this. There's no difference between you and them. The only difference, you behind the blood. Amen. Woo-wee. My, my. Her signature conversion. She went after him on a mission. Yes, she did. Got her family. Got her family. You know the story. You read the scripture. You're Bible students tonight. You understand. They're up there in the room. In their house. And they're waiting. And they're waiting. And no doubt mom and daddy's questioning what's going to happen. Rahab is saying, hey, they promised they're going to come get us in the secrecy of the night. At the last moment, right before the fire falls, they're coming after us, and they're going to slip us out, and we're going to be saved. Somebody said, that sounds like the rapture. I hope so. I'm trying to preach it tonight. Amen. And they're sitting there, and all of a sudden they hear the scuffling of soldiers' feet. And they hear a shout around that wall. Thirteen times Joshua's leading them around that wall. And those Jewish soldiers, those boys are shouting. And they hear a shuffling of feet. Mama says, who's that? Who's that? And about that time, a knock on the door. And Rahab says, they're here. It's time. It's time. Amen. It's time. And they've got everybody in the house. And they begin to lead them out. Ooh-wee. Lead them out. Are y'all hearing me? Behind the blood. Leading them out. Leading them out. And hey, they get out here. Lead them out from the city. Lead them out there in the region. 
And they look back. And just in time, all of a sudden, they see the walls begin to collapse. And the debris begins to pile. And the dust begins to settle. And then the fire of God begins to fall. And they hear the fire. And they hear the screaming. And they hear the wailing of all the residents who are left behind in the fire. And I could just imagine that I hear Daddy say, Thanks to Calvary, I am not the man I used to be. Thanks to Calvary, things are different than before. As we see the fire falling on that place, thanks to Calvary, thanks to Calvary, we don't live there anymore. Woo, amen. My, 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 my. Y'all come on back. Y'all come on back. Amen. Come on back. We're not done yet. It gets better now. Y'all just kind of ease down right there, if you will. Don't let go of that bloodline. Don't let go of that scarlet thread. Praise the Lord. Amen. We see our sinful condition. We see her self-expressed conviction. I've heard about your God. I was traveling to a revival. This COVID, boy, it's got a lot of things messed up, doesn't it? I can't even get a haircut now where I want to get a haircut. Mine, has, she's been shut down since COVID. Out of business now. Rita, I tell you that I like a woman cutting my hair. That's right. So I was going through Texarkana, and I remembered Brother Todd a few years ago, since you live in Queen City, I remember stopping on a Saturday on the way to Revival. A little salon there in a strip mall across the interstate from the Texarkana Mall. I said, I wonder if they're still open. And I went in there, and they sure were open. And they had three chairs, and they had three women cutting hair. One of the chairs was vacant. You need a haircut, sir? Yes, ma'am, I'd like to have a haircut. Sit down. She put that Batman robe or whatever it was around me. She began to cut my hair. And her and the other two ladies, I mean, I heard stuff that made me blush. I learned this. If you want to know something about a town that you're not too familiar with, don't read the paper, listen to the radio, just go to that salon. You'll learn more than you'll ever want to know. And evidently, the subject of church came up. She's cutting hair, and she's my hair, and she's looking over at the lady that's cutting hair. And she said, well, my friends, they finally convinced me that I'd go to church with them. And I took my child to church with them last week. And said, so we got in there, and I was so ashamed of my daughter hearing all that. Said, that preacher, all he wanted to do was holler, yell. And said he went to sweating. Then he went to spitting about three rows out there. And she said to him, preached on hellfire and brimstone. She looked down at me and she says, do you go to church? Yes, ma'am. Does your pastor yell? I said, yes, ma'am. Does he sweat? Yes, ma'am. 
Does he spit three rows deep? Sometimes. He don't preach on hellfire and brimstone, does he? Yes, ma'am. She said, well, who is your pastor? I didn't want to pull a Peter, and I said, I am, ma'am. My God! I said, and I preach on him too. And she said, well, I don't want my daughter to be traumatized. And I said, well, I done opened it up then. I got me some bold then. I said, well, ma'am, do you allow your daughter to get on that computer and and play all those games? Do you allow your daughter to watch with crap movies? And do you allow your daughter to listen to rock and roll music? And she said, yes and yes. I said, well, i tell you what. I would rather my child hear an old-fashioned Bible-believing Baptist preacher preach on hellfire and brimstone. And i tell you what. Thank God one day I was traumatized, but now I'm not bound for hell. I'm bound for heaven. And hey, it'll be much better if you allow your daughter to hear the gospel preach and you'll not worry about her being traumatized. Amen. Her self-expressed conviction. Her signature conversion. But the question that you may have as we wrap this up, well, where did they go when they left Jericho? Woo! They went to a showcase celebration. You say, a showcase celebration, they went to a wedding. Well, who got married? Rahab. Well, who did she marry? One of them little old Jewish boys that shouted down the wall. Well, how did it turn out? I think they had a wonderful marriage because God blessed them. And she conceived and had a son named Boaz. Woo! And Boaz grew up and took him, a little Jewish girl, and they got married, and they had a son named Obed. And Obed got married, and he and his wife had a son named Jesse. And Jesse grew up and got married, and God blessed them with a bunch of sons, one of them named David. And from David, there was some begotten and some begetting and some begetting and some begetting. And all of a sudden, one day, in the city of David, from the root and offspring of David, in a major scene, there was the Son of God who was born in that same family tree. Amen. And hey, hey, it doesn't get, it, it's not over. It's going to get better. After the Son of Man was born in that family tree, then there was some more begetting and begetting and begetting and begetting and begotten. And one day, you, brother, was begotten into the family. And you were begotten into the family. And you were forgotten in the family. And now we're in the family of God. Why? Because God can take a crooked stick and draw a straight line. Ooh. All because of his amazing grace. My, my. Y'all still got that red cord? She didn't want to go to hell. She didn't want to experience the fire of God. And God provided a way of escape.
get behind the scarlet thread. You see her on that mission? My, my. Here she is. Y'all stand. Daddy, let me hold on to that with you. She's on a mission. And tonight, I pray we are on a mission. If there's ever been a day when we need to get our mama and our daddy and our brothers and our sisters behind the bloodline and our, and our neighbors and our co-workers and the strangers behind the bloodline, it's tonight. And I can just see her now, can't you? They get out of there. And as they leave, I could hear her sing. Oh, who will come and go with me? I am bound, promise. One more time. Oh, who? Anybody going to get up and come and go with us? Come on with us. Bound for the promise. What you preachers sitting there, y'all don't want to go? Oh, held on stormy banks I stand, cast a wishful. Anybody want to go with us? Y'all come on, help us out. Happy land, my possessions. Woo, praise the Lord. Amen. Come on and get behind when it comes by. Aren't you glad? Amen. Good to see you, brother. Good to see you, brother. Who will come? And we're going to help you out. We're coming right through here. Just join in somewhere right there. Amen. Where are we at? Keep singing, brother. If you're here tonight, if you're here tonight, do you know that you know? Have you got behind the blood? It's not about your religion. It's about a relationship. Amen. Jordan, stormy banks I stand, cast a wishful eye. Amen. Hey, brother, good to see you. some more invitation here. Just go ahead and keep singing while you're there. Can you, yeah, sing one, yeah, while they're, while they're coming here. <coughs> and happy land. Amen. Isn't this wonderful? Everybody bound for the promised land tonight? Amen. As you find your way back to your pew, as you find your way back to your pew, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, 
and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. There shall be no more death, neither sorrow or crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. For in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. And I go and prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also. But I would not have you be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them which also sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself, for the Lord himself, not a fake, not a phony, not a fraudulent Lord, but the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Will you bow your heads? All of you tonight who know that you are behind the blood, because you recall a place. Though you might not remember the day of the week nor the date on the calendar, but you've never forgotten the place where you trusted and called upon Jesus, not only to make you make him Savior of your life, but you began making him Lord of your life. And your life has never been the same. You know tonight if it were possible, you could carry me to that place where you were transformed by the amazing grace of God. That God took a crooked stick and he made you a straight line. All because of grace. If you know you have a place, would you bless me by raising your hand high and just waving it at me tonight? You have that place. You could take me to it. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We wanted to begin this emphasis on this no greater month to be soul winners. The month of December when the birth of our Savior is on most minds. Hands went up all over the sanctuary, but not every hand was raised. Maybe, just maybe, you're experiencing some of that old-fashioned, real Holy Ghost conviction tonight. And you don't want to leave here knowing the wrath of God is coming. You see, this Bible tells us that one day this earth shall be annihilated by fire. 
That's right, it's going to be destroyed the way we know it now. You don't have to be here when that day happens. You can get behind the bloodline like Rahab and her family, behind the scarlet thread because of that living creature, Jesus, died and was crushed on the tree, Calvary, and shed his blood to pay for your sin. He paid the price. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. You couldn't raise your hand a moment ago. I'm not going to embarrass you. That's not my character. These men and those who have heard me preach would testify that I'm here because I love you tonight. I want you to get behind the bloodline. Trust Jesus. So I'm not going to come down there where you are, put you on a spot. All I want to do is pray for you right now because I don't want you to leave the same way you arrived tonight. I want to pray that you'll give your life to Jesus right now. You say, well, I can't live it. No, neither can I. No one else can. Just trust him and let him begin to live his life through you. Tonight, if you're here and you'd be honest enough, brave enough to say, Brother Jim, I really don't know. I don't have the assurance, but I, I would like a token. I don't know if I have the proof of purchase and the right of passage to leave this old world in time or not. But would you pray for me? I want to be saved from the fire. I want Jesus to save me. If that's you tonight, would you raise your hand? Nobody's looking. You're not even on camera. Would you raise your hand right now and just let me pray for you? Anybody in the house, raise it up high while I'm looking. I know when we have services like this on Sunday nights, evangelism rally, most if not everybody already knows the Lord, but somebody could have come in. Somebody might have brought somebody with them, anybody in the balcony. You're just not 100% certain that you've been behind the bloodline. Amen. Now I wonder, Brother Hunt, I heard a good statement the other day. I hear many like you, see many on social media. Many of them just for a moment. But this one stayed with me. And it's just a simple saying. Somebody said that we have become addictive to the pulpit and allergic to the altar. We become addictive to the pulpit. It's like the pulpit is being showcased. And as a result of being addicted to the pulpit, we become allergic to the altar because we very seldom see somebody come to God in the altar. Tonight, the mandate is from the Lord. Tonight, we need to pray that God would get a hold of us and put us on a mission. That we would be more, more soul winner than we've ever been reaching our family while we have but a few moments. How many of you just like to come to this altar say, Lord, I thank you that you saved me. I wasn't the best. I was one of the worst sinners. But you saved me anyhow by your grace. And Lord, the least I could do for you is try to get some on board while there's still time. Would you make that your prayer? As we stand and your heads are bowed, the praise team's going to sing. You come on to this altar and it'll conclude our service.